These are Bora Voices. This is Chuck McHenry, host of the Bora Pridecast, and I am happy that you have decided to turn on and subscribe for episode six. We'll have a cool interview from our art department and a little bit of uh, talk about the cafeteria workers, uh, of course the uh, prep period cold call, the Hattie Minute, and some interesting and exciting sounds from our second annual Bridge Carnival in the cafeteria. Hope you listen. I am often in and out of the art studio at Bora, Miss Compton's room, I mean, not mine. She usually focuses on painting and drawing while I focus on ceramics. It's always interesting to walk over, see what those, those kids are doing and what kind of artwork they're coming up with. Last semester, I watched a student create a series of art um, that caught my attention, as it did Miss Compton, her art teacher, and Mrs. Wall, her special ed teacher. The series was named On the Spectrum. I have these two wonderful teachers in the recording studio with me today to talk about On the Spectrum and the talented artists that created the artwork. Miss Compton, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you teach. Uh, yeah, my name is Jen Compton. I teach the two-dimensional arts at Bora, all levels of drawing, painting, AP design, and AP drawing. And Mrs. Wall, you're here with us too. Um, what do you teach? I am the teacher of the extended resource room here at Bora. We have students that go off campus for job sites. We work on um, more life skills, math, and English reading activities, help them for their after high school graduation goals. So let's start with you, Ms. Compton. Um, start by describing to our listeners what the final project looked like so that we have a visual image of the piece. On the Spectrum is a series of small um, pieces of cardboard. Basically, they look sort of tile-like that one of my students cut every single day to work on. Uh, each of them has three stripes on them, two large stripes, um, kind of bookended with a small stripe in the middle. All the stripes are some sort of value of gray that this artist mixed every single day. So each tile has three stripes, and geez, there's hundreds of them. What kind of size, once you put them all together into this series, what kind of size are we talking about? Well, when I installed the work first at the District Service Center, I was working in a space that was about five by nine feet, four by nine feet, something like that. Although really it was only that size because that's the size I had to work with. Um, I probably installed only about a third of the total amount of pieces that I had. So relatively large and yeah. could get bigger. Huge. Depending on the space. Could have been a lot larger, yes. And then where did this, where did this student's artwork originate? So... This student started um, in painting one at the beginning of the semester. We all started off of doing a specific assignment where we were working just on blending paint. So we were just trying to get a hold of this kind of liquid media. And I had set up a format where students were working through a grayscale. And just like she started painting, there was a series of three stripes on each piece of cardboard as we were practicing the blending process. One stripe was from white to a mid-tone gray then mid-tone to black, and then the last one was all the way through the value scale from white to black. So the structure and format was something that the student kind of latched onto from that first day in class when we're mixing and blending paint. Uh, it's just something that she decided never to deviate from. Uh, Miss Wall, can you please talk about this student um, so the listeners can get to know her as a person? Sure. This is a, a really fun student of mine. I enjoy being around her a lot. She um, will often speak to herself um, and she's walking around kind of uttering towards you and unless you're 
kind of paying attention. You're not really quite sure, but she is attempting to communicate with other um, people, other students. Um, she's always in a pretty pleasant mood, and she she does well in her, her reading and math skills. She enjoys um, Wonder Woman, for sure, and Mountain Dew. And one of her favorite colors is gray, which is the um, focus of her painting. So I thought that was interesting. And this student... Art, uh, she has autism spectrum disorder or ASD. Can you please explain to this what this is to our listeners? Sure. So autism spectrum disorder, it's a name for a group of developmental disorders. Um, it's a it's a wide range. That's kind of why it's called the spectrum. Um, some symptoms or um, signs of people with ASD, they're often characterized by a, a difficulty to communicate with others. Um some challenges in that in social interactions. And then a lot of times they have topics or a certain thing that they really enjoy the, the rep- repetition of and um, the structure of their day, for example, how things go. So um, that kind of. So Ms. Compton, knowing that, what role did autism play in the creation of the artwork? I'm especially thinking about the tendency for sameness, order, routine, Yeah, I thought it was really interesting. You know, the first day or two as she was working through this, I didn't notice it at all because we were all sort of working within a format that was very similar. Uh, She was doing more singular tone versus blending from one color to another, but she was really working in a similar way to the rest of the class. But as we moved on to other um, exercises and she decided to just repeat the processes that she was doing, I found it really, really interesting to just kind of look at it as a visual representation of her diagnosis within that spectrum. Like this was something she was finding not only interesting, but also kind of comforting. She was also producing more work than anyone in class. And so it was something I decided was just really something I should latch on to just letting her do and just let her process in the way that made the most sense to her. So I really did look at it as an illustration um, of who she was specifically on the spectrum of autism. And the further she got into the process, the more interesting it really became because as they started collecting together, I mean, I had bins and bins of these that I just kept um, through the semester as she worked. There was just so much infinite variety within that structure that she used. I mean, every tile was hand cut every single day. She went to the cardboard bin. She selected a specific piece of cardboard to work with. She cut it into a series of rectangles. She took those rectangles to her seat. She got a new plate. She remixed her black and white into a, um, a unique shade of gray. So every day was a little bit different. The sizes of the stripes varied a little bit. And so even though she was doing a repetitive process, there was so much infinite variety to the visual that it collected that just made it that much more interesting to me um, as she processed through her pieces. Well, thanks for giving her the opportunity to figure that out and work through it instead of pushing her onto something else as you do your other students. That's a nice space to work in for her. Mrs. Wall, anything else you'd like to add? I just think that uh, we're really lucky here at Bora to have teachers like Ms. Compton and yourself, Mr. Rose, that um, welcome students with different abilities into their classrooms. And um, it's just been so fun to watch these things grow. And, you know, who knows, sometimes when they're allowed to do their own thing, it, it turns into something as wonderful as this, this artwork. And the same for you, helping them out and sending them to us to help facilitate. We really appreciate that too. Thank you, Thank you both for coming into the studio today. I appreciate it. It was really nice to talk about this artist and her artwork, and hopefully we can have you in soon. Thanks, Mr. Rose. Great. Thank you.
or Bora Voices. It's time to take a break for lunch, lunch. It's time for lunch, lunch. It's time to munch, crunch, eat a bunch. It's time for lunch, not brunch. I'm starving. Lunch, lunch. It's time for lunch, lunch. It's time lunch for time. munch, crunch, eat a bunch. It's time for lunch, not brunch. Georgia, this is Hattie. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice Hattie. to meet you. Um, so basically, uh, this is the sort of thing that I think about all the time, mm -hmm. like wherever I am, um, about just like what are the annoying things that I am doing as like a customer of a place or as a patron of a place that could be easily fixed if I just knew to not do the annoying things uh -huh. or whatever. Uh -huh. um, so what are some things that students and staff could do at Bora for um, the lunch staff that would make it easier for you to do your job? to be more respectful of us yeah. Yeah, would be number one. Um, and you know, in all honesty, I think overall the students and staff are that way. You know, you just have a few that may disrupt, you know, disrupt, they get in big groups and they come through and they're loud and noisy and obnoxious, but you know, it's their lunch hour mm -hmm. or it's their break and, and you hate to be, <laughs> you know, we're not their babysitters. Um, there's a, you know, of course there's a lot of cutting and lines and we have long lines and I used to try to. I used to try to monitor that, but you know, I have to monitor a meal and what the you know if they're meeting sure. the USDA requirements, and so for me to constantly turn around and go, hey, get back there, get back there, you know, it just got to be overwhelming. Bigger and, fish to fry. Yes, there's bigger fish to fry, but you know, I said I think overall, I think the students are are respectful. What's and, uh, your favorite part about working with students? Students. I, I love I love working with the students. All of the students. This is my third year here, and I would say, you know, I had never been at a high school, mm -hmm. let alone a high school that is so integrated. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of really opened my eyes to sure. what, to other nationalities, to, you know, just maybe made me a little more accepting and more understanding of what everybody goes through, you know, and how, how we all fit in together. Because yeah. I always was accepting of other yeah. people. And, They do seem to be aware of adults more so <laughs> because in the junior high, they pretty much, you can talk to them, but they don't hear you. They just don't hear you. So that, that I think is the biggest change is the high schoolers are just more aware and more respectful of the adults. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not so self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I enjoy that part. That's why I like the high school. Uh, is there anything else you want to add? Or? Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks hey, for thank all you, you do for us. Yeah, oh, thank for you. For real. Yeah, Thanks I appreciate it. Yeah. I enjoy it. Chicken legs, hard boiled eggs, clams, hams, bread with jams, fish fillet, yogurt parfait, crepes, crepes, sandwiches, empanada, enchilada, veggie stew, honeydew. These are Bora Voices. Hello. Hello, is this uh, Miss Lockwood? Yes, it is. Hey, this is Patrick Rose with the Bora Podcast Prep Period Cold Call. Do you have uh, a few minutes that I can ask you some questions? Yeah, I sure do. Okay. First of all, let's just start with the basics. What do you teach? I teach environmental science. 
And that's it, all day long, environmental yep. science. I, yep, I teach actually two sections of AP environmental science and then three sections of non-AP environmental science. Okay. Uh, how long have you been at Bora? I have been at Bora for four years. This is my fourth year now. And do you love it? I love it. Okay. Yeah. I'm I on feel... like 12 or something and I love it. Yeah. Excellent staff, excellent people, excellent, excellent students. Yeah, and I, uh, I used to live in this area, so both my kids went to Bora. So when I got hired here, I felt like I was at home. So yeah, coming home. Really That's good fa- fit. Fantastic. So is this the only career you've had? You've only worked four years of your life? No, I used <laughs> to be a teacher in West Ada um, okay. for over 20 years, for 20 years, and then decided I needed a change and wanted to um, have a little bit of diversity in my teaching and teach some different kids, and so um, that's what brought me to Bora, and there was a chance to, there was a position that opened up here, so I applied for it, and I got it, so it's been great. Well, we're glad to have you. I can, I can oh, tell you that. Thank you. That sure. Thank you. Um, what is your favorite lesson or unit or subject Yeah, that's a good question. I was thinking about that. I think my passion has always been in environmental science and getting kids outdoors. So I've seen a lot of changes happen when we can even go out onto campus and do water quality in our canal or if we do take kids out into the foothills and do restoration after a wildfire and plant sagebrush to help restore critical, you know, wildlife habitat that's been lost. Kids really connect with with nature and there's something to be said for that. It's a sensory experience. They get to smell the air, they get to, you know, feel things and they get to interact with with other students and biologists and then sometimes it's like, man, I want to do this. And so those kinds of activities that allow me to bring kids outdoors or make connections in another place other than inside the classroom are the ones that are most meaningful for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always felt that, too. The hands-on is important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so how's our water quality back in the canal? Can I go back there and drink it? Should I be no, doing that? No. You, <laughs> but I also no, heard, I don't do, you don't want to drink it. I also um, heard it's, it's good enough for fish, though. Oh, yeah, but maybe, you know, not trout. Mm-hmm. so to speak. There are some Riffley areas there that offer a lot more oxygen, and there have been known to have some trout sneak into the canal, but most of the organisms that we found were things like leeches and um, other kinds of nematodes and those kinds of organisms that don't require a lot of oxygen and also um, can live in you know an environment that doesn't have... Um, it has a lot of sediment and things like that. So that canal is probably not conducive for that. And probably warmer water. Yeah, it's warmer also, water. Yeah, you say leech, and I think warm water. Yeah. Now what did you? What, what was after leech? Is it nematode? Uh, leech is a flatworm. Uh-huh. And we found a lot of those. When we went out and set some leaf traps, which are these netted bags that have a bunch of leaves in them, and we bury them in the canal, and then we go out two weeks later and take those samples back into the classroom and dump them in these big bins, and the kids just go crazy just taking a look <laughs> at all that stuff um, and trying to identify them, and then we can measure the quality of the water um, with the types of organisms that we find in the canal. Huh. Tell me, did you say nematode? You said yeah, nematode. Yeah, what, what is that? Those are roundworms. Oh, not so, the flat ones, the round ones. Yeah, okay. so roundworms, flatworms, there's all different kinds of snails. There's hundreds of snails in that canal as well. Very cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so 
something. So we were in an email a little while ago, and you mentioned something about um, wrestling chimpanzees in college. Tell me about this. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I did for a job, and actually after I went to school to be a wildlife biologist, there was an opening at New Mexico State University at the Primate Research Institute, and I thought, oh, great, I'm, I'm going to go work with chimpanzees. And it was a facility at the Air Force Base where they literally raised chimpanzees from birth until they were a year old. And then, um, unfortunately, they would ship them out to the um, National Disease Control Center out in oh. Maryland, Bethesda, Maryland, to do animal testing on them. But I got that job to help raise chimpanzees. So we literally took care of chimpanzees. Moms would give birth to the babies. We'd change their diapers. We'd feed them monkey chow out of a bottle. We'd wrestle them, chase around with them, you know, put them to bed just like a baby. They would get sick just like a baby. So that's what I meant by wrestling chimpanzees. What an unbelievable experience. Yeah, it was. It was pretty interesting. I learned a lot about things that I probably didn't want to learn a lot about, but a lot of behavioral stuff, which was pretty cool. Very and, cool. I had a... I had a spider monkey sit on my shoulder when I was in Honduras. That's as close as I've been. So oh, that nice. Was, it was yeah. kind of scary, actually. Yeah. Tell you the truth. Yeah. So that was a good experience. Fantastic. Well, we're glad you, we're, you're at Bora now, and hopefully we stick around for a long time, yeah? I will. I'm, um, here, I'm here to stay. Fantastic. I'll let you go. I know you're very busy, but uh, thanks for uh, talking to us. Yep. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye. These are Bora Voices. this research paper. I get that it's proof that I have learned writing skills in high school, but couldn't I have just submitted a portfolio of writing excerpts from my high school career? After first semester was over, it seemed like I was on the long, slow coast to graduation. Believing this, as you can imagine, was my first mistake. Right now it's March. There's still about two months left of school. Teachers are assigning things because, like I said, it's March. But whenever anyone asks me to do anything, it feels like a joke. Really? I want to ask, at this late hour? I'm simultaneously a legal adult, have a car, and enough money to actually do something fun with my time, and you're asking me to write a 2,000-word research paper? And to all the adults who just rolled their eyes because you have real responsibilities and a deep enough understanding of our geopolitical climate to be filled with a constant sense of looming dread, I know these are petty complaints, but I am a petty person with a limited scope of the issues that will affect me later in life, and I don't want to be writing this paper. Tell us a little bit about this for the Pridecast. What is this? Oh, um, this is the second annual Bora High Bridge Cultural Fair. We launched this event last year uh, to help educate our bridge newcomers about Bora traditions like prom and homecoming and then holidays that we celebrate in America. This year we had a need for helping our Bora newcomers learn about Bora clubs, sports, and academics so that kids can get involved in maybe an extracurricular activity or try out for a sport um, and learn about those traditions at Bora. So what do we have here for 
set up? So each of the student council members uh, is assigned to a table, a booth, um, and they're broken up by like uh, fall, spring, uh, winter sports, uh, academic clubs, foreign language clubs, interest clubs, like theater, art, and um, then like I think I think that's it. Like other special interest clubs, like culinary. FCCLA, nice. things like that. And then academic-based classes, things that you could do in class like choir, band, and art. So, yeah, and they, each uh, bridge student will go to each of the ten stations to learn a little bit about them. Student council members are dressed in attire. You know, uh, they do an activity. They'll have some treats. They learn about the staff that uh, uh, advise these clubs or coach. Um, and then they just uh, learn all about Bora. Cool. Yeah. All right. We're going to walk around and get some sound. Yeah. Here we have kids in line to play a harp. Have you ever played a harp before? Are you going to? I, oh, did you? Did you? Was it fun? Yeah. Yeah? It sounds pretty. What's your name? My name is Sumish. Where are you from? I'm from Nepal. Oh, Nepal. They're very nice. All right, what's your name? Uh, Uli Ooh, say it slower. Uh, Uli Mwengu. Uli Mwengu. Yeah. Uli Mwengu. Oh, where are you from, Uli Mwengu? Africa. Africa? What part of Africa? It's uh, big. Tanzania. Oh, okay. Tanzania. Yeah. Nice. What up, Bolton? We live in What up, Chuck? Nyarugusu camp, you know what I'm saying? You do? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Ceramics. Nice. Thank you.
Well, there you go. Thanks for listening to episode six of the Bora Pridecast. It's spring break, and we're going to take a little bit of one, and we will be back as soon as school starts up again with more shows, more people, and more Bora voices.